In Your Money Today, Carolyn Wright delves into the understanding of the ESG investing. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. I am joined again today by Greg Van, the CEO and co-founder of the personal finance platform Endowers. And today we're going to continue our discussions on various investment sectors with a look at what you need to know about ESG investing. Thank you for having me again, Carolyn. We hear a lot about ESG, but can you explain what each of those letters actually means? So E is environmental. S is social and G is governance. Now, it's interesting when people think about ESG, they think about what they can see, which is only the environmental piece. But that's only a third of the E, S and G. So we got to think of all three together. And the idea is to invest or to have a principle of investing in companies that score higher on these metrics. If we think about how that sort of progresses through the decades, if those companies get more capital, then they can continue to wear these good principles on their sleeves and hopefully progress society and it should have good monetary benefit as well. It's kind of seen as more of a philosophical idea than a very traditional investment idea. So how do returns compare in investing in ESG compared to other sectors, other areas, are they just as good? I wouldn't really call it a sector. I would classify it more as actually a classification. So you can have energy companies that score very high on ESG because they're implementing a huge amount of change. You can have tech companies that score very high and score very low. And a lot of times on the tech side, it's a lot about the social and governance that they have implemented in those companies. In 2020 and 2021, the US ESG stocks performed over 25% versus the general S&P 500, which returned closer to about uh, 23%. So I think at that time, people were like, the returns really can stand their own ground. Now in 2022, that kind of reversed on itself because ESG probably does stay away relatively more from energy and commodities, even though some of those companies do make it into the ESG category, that was the sector of the market that performed the best. And then obviously the ESG would perform less well, naturally. What I would say is more important and the reason why we think ESG is not like a transient trend. It's more of a strategic or secular trend that we're going to face in our lifetime is the stock market is a culmination of supply and demand. When I sell you a stock, you think you're buying it at a good price and I think I'm selling it at a good price. There's another force with ESG and that force is a huge amount of pressure from government and that flows down to pension funds and sovereign wealth funds, the biggest institutional pools of capital in the world, having very specific mandates that their holdings need to be a certain amount ESG by a certain date. What that means is the demand for the category will continue to increase at, you could say, an unnatural rate. But unnatural times require an unnatural rate of change. Because as we know, we are seriously in a crisis, especially on the E, but also on the S and G. Now, one thing you, you mentioned earlier was sort of the interest in energy and, and how that has performed well in the ESG way, in that there's so much transition going on. What are some of the more interesting opportunities you're seeing around this kind of transition that we're seeing now? Specifically in energy and around climate change, you can have a huge oil and gas company BESG and one not be ESG because the one that is ESG is investing billions and billions of dollars in their waste management, for example. 
and the way that enters the environment. The idea is if they are incentivized to make that investment and protect the environment in terms of impact that they're creating on the environment, then the world will value them more than the company that is just burning through whatever it is they're doing. And that enforces better principles for the management teams and the boards of those companies to actually really think about where they deploy their capital in an efficient way and also protect the environment at the same time. The idea of it is to create this very virtuous cycle. Now, people are always very quick to judge. One week of bad returns and people are like, this does not work. It takes years for the treatment of some waste byproduct to be implemented. But again, the stock market, unfortunately, makes people very, very short term in thought process. And that's why I'm saying it's not a transient thing we're after. It's a much longer term thing. But most importantly, I think the institutions will lead. And already, I think in Europe, the individuals are leading much more so than in Asia and the US from what we've seen. But as that trend continues, and I think everyone is much more aware of the impact that we as humans are having on the world, there will be a lot more continuous secular interest in the space. And that supply and demand of the way markets work will hopefully create that virtuous cycle. We've talked about the ethics of E, S and G. Let's have a discussion about how you can be certain that a financial product that claims to have these kind of credentials genuinely does have them. You can't, unfortunately. I think they're trying to do the right thing. So they're trying to score it. There are 15 or 16,000 tradable companies in the world public companies listed on all stock markets with sufficient size to be traded. And it's hard. You have many layers of obscurity from what's happening at the company level, how that is reported to the company at the company level, and then how that is then reported to the external universe of investors in the world. And I think people apply broad metrics to try and do that. But of course, companies might try and manipulate their metrics. They might try to inflate them so that they get into that category. I mean, that's kind of normal in, in many places. You just need to be aware. I'm on the fence of like, this term came up in the last few years, greenwashing. And I think there is greenwashing happening, which is what we just talked about, maybe things not appearing as they are or being as impactful as they are. But to me, that's better than nothing. You think about the alternative of not having any of it, and then you lose the awareness and you lose any interest in any of these things. And then what are you meant to have? You're meant to have the investor or the fund trying to do this on their own for every single company. And it doesn't really make sense either. In a sense, I think it's what we need as we get to the next milestone in the way we can review companies for being ESG. Thank you so much for explaining all of that. Greg Van, CEO and co-founder of the personal finance platform Endowus.